Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the Ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. Well, quote unquote, fun topic on the table. My <laughs> name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, my name is Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about anime that has made us cry, cry, and cry. Uh, and we think it's without questions that there are some anime out there that are just incredibly, incredibly emotional, and it gets people's tears rolling. And today, we just want to cover some of the ones that made us just, you know, open the dam in regards to our tears hidden inside our body. So, um, Isabel, I you can start out, start us off this week. What are two anime that you've had that just absolutely wrecked you and made you just cry buckets of tears? <laughs> Yeah, the first one that actually made me cry a lot that I didn't expect to was for a sports anime. Really? And okay. Yes, and that was actually Run with the Wind. And- <gasps> wow! Yes, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't my pick, but it was. A, it was a candidate for mine. But yes, I support this. <laughs> yeah, and and it wasn't even for like the main characters, like Kakeru or and. I forgot the other guy's name, but Hi-G. the guy who was like, yes, there we <laughs> go, Hayaji. Sorry. Yeah, her husband, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was for one of the side characters who just, during one of the last races, he was sick and he was running oh. in that race. Mm-hmm. And I personally used to do cross country in high school. And I related that to that so much. Like, And I think... It was even better because the buildup was towards the end. And he didn't even have to run the whole race. He only had to run part of it. But I felt that, like, just the buildup to it, like, all the workouts that they did together and then just trying to do things as a team, I think that kind of, first of all, made me like all the characters um, and see them as a team. And then when that moment just hit, like, I just related it to so it too hard, like, really, really hard that, like, is such a struggle to be to do that and especially during that scene like uh the family was also watching him like on tv and that was i think that made it even more impactful because they knew how he felt his teammates knew how he felt and you could just see him struggling and i haven't been that sick in those breaks before but i have been uh, you know there's 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 some things that thing things that pop up in races that you never expect so um I just felt super emotional at that point. It was I never expected that. Yeah. So I guess like was it? Um, so do you when you look back at it like retrospectively, do you also feel for him when you realize he lost his girlfriend over this? <laughs> yeah, I can't relate to that one. Sadly, I can only relate <laughs> to the part where he was running. Honestly. I have I watched Run with the Wind. I I didn't cry with the anime, but I do think like you do have a, something a little more special within the fact that you did run cross cross country before, and so I think like you probably have like you know there's a deeper meaning for you, especially in regards to your personal experiences to see something like that versus me who's like never dabbled in sports. Period. So <laughs> definitely, it's just a different experience when you have personally experienced the sport and I think running with the wind also just tells the sport as it is it definitely brings up the highs and lows of the sport and just running in general 
running looks easy, but it's actually really hard, especially when you're doing it for long distance. It's, it's a real like mental factor. Like you have to keep yourself going. There's, I mean, sometimes your teammates will be, sometimes when you're on a race, you'll be alone most of the time. Like, so, you know, throughout the race, there'll be like some spectators or something. They might cheer you on and that's where you get a boost of speed. But for the most part, you're actually running alone. So you kind of had to put in yourself, you had to put in the effort to put yourself in that mind space to be able to run. Yeah, so I just I just imagine like you know what he was thinking and how he was running. Like you know, I if I were him, I would probably be like, "This sucks." Like I just want to go home and sleep. I don't want to do this anymore. That's kind of like the thoughts that I thought he would have. And and he and I think the in that scene, like he it doesn't really show what he's thinking. It's pretty much the reaction and how he's doing it, what he sees. So you kind of feel it in a sense. And so that definitely touched me a lot because I I definitely could see it. So. Yeah, no, for sure. I um, that's also really good to know on like, uh, cause I never, I I know of course that running is hard and a lot harder than it looks as someone who barely runs herself, but um, I I never thought of it as the fact that it's like um, it's a sport that you go at it alone, and so when you said like you know you have to be really mentally prepared and stuff when you're. Uh, when you're competing, like that's not something that I ever imagined per se. But then I think about other really popular sports, you know, whether it's basketball or fo- American American football. Um, you know, when when the way that the teams operate and work, there's a lot of like one on one interactions per se versus versus yeah. When I think about running cross country, you're right. It is just one person on the field at that time, and so. And so I, I think that's just such a good perspective to bring in that, you know, uh, that really highlights sort of the mental fortitude that the character had to go through to run that ridiculously hard race while being physically sick. I'm not at my best right now physically, as you two already know. So <laughs> I cannot even imagine having to like run that while going through a time you're, you just don't feel physically well on. So, Agnes, you said that this was a candidate for you. Was that the scene that also got you or were there or was it other scenes that uh, reached out to you personally? I think the scene for me that reached out, that scene was also really touching, too, uh, because I definitely know how it feels like to run or not run, but to do athletics while you are sick or compromised. And it's not fun. Um, You feel like everything is crashing onto you. You feel like you need to pull your weight, especially if you're just soloing it. Um, But at the end of the day, like you just have to get through it. You just have to bear with it. The one series, the one section that really made me cry the most, I think was Yuki's scene where he's going downhill from the slope mm -hmm. and downhill slopes. And they explain it in the anime too, that downhill slopes are one of the worst places to actually run because gravity takes you down and uh, you can actually see his shoes are bleeding he's bleeding from his shoes like every part of him is suffering very badly from it and I think that's what made it really touching to me is that he was a character who didn't care about all of this at the end of the day but he still pulled through and then he still managed to find some sort of worth in it as well yeah, I do remember that scene very well. Um, uh, granted, I mean, all the scenes with the characters were very poignant, I think, without a doubt. It, aside from maybe the twins, I felt probably the least attached or the least attached with, but the others, I felt a really good, like, 
emotional investment in the uh the part that like I remember that scene and when he was running downhill and I remembered like the blood in his shoes when they showed that close up in the anime um but I also remember like something that was defining him as a character was his relationship with his family wasn't exactly the best per se uh because his mom had gotten remarried and she had a new kid and it's clear that he like he loves them but he doesn't quite feel like he fits in with them per se especially with um his stepdad even though his stepdad is not in any shape or form a bad father and so um it's just i th- i think from the way it sounds it sounds like they she might have gotten remarried when he was a teenager when he was older so it's a little harder to accept a new family member around um around that age and so when he um i specifically remember that his family actually had come down to watch and his younger half sister was like, you know, yelling at him and cheering for him and that and he did feel inspiration from that when he was running the downhill part and I thought that part was very very impactful because like running had had inexplicably and unintentionally sort of like bridged the gap that he was kind of feeling with his family and it sort of like made him realize that they were really much they were very much there for him and like emotionally loves him and support him and so that was the part that got me so yeah <laughs> oh nice yeah definitely yeah running downhill definitely has its downsides i personally am afraid of running in grass in general because there are a lot of like, holes and there's also that fear that you might injure yourself i think that's very real in all the races that you run no matter what and sometimes you do roll your ankle and you just have to keep going so yeah. <laughs> oh, I've rolled my ankle before and <laughs> not fun. <laughs> I was not about fun. to say, like, out of curiosity, Isabel, when when you were doing cross country, did that happen? Like, you know, did you get injured while you were running and stuff? I did. Yeah, I did get injured. I, I feel wow. like as a runner, you definitely don't get away from that. I didn't get, you know, too badly injured. I want to say I did fall on my knee once and rolled my ankles. I can't even count how many times. And I have a personal fear of that now. Like whenever I whenever I see someone roll their ankles, I'm I just cringe because yeah. And it's just something I did as a younger kid as well. I was playing too much basketball or something and I decided to keep rolling my ankles and uh, yeah, my doctor told me to stop it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but Well, I didn't know you were so sporty, Isabel. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was. I, I wanted to play every single game that was available. So that's that's another reason why I also really love watching sports anime. And yeah, just running with the, with the wind just really uh, attracted me because it was something I'd actually done. And I'd done a couple of other sports before too, but that one especially because I was on the team for the longest time. Um, that was probably the reason why I was very touched by it and how realistic it was. Well, I mean, Run with the Wind is an excellent anime as a whole. Pro- like, we didn't mention it in our underrated episode, but I do think not a lot of people are aware of the anime. So if anyone who's listening hasn't heard of it, check it out. I, as a non-sports person, and thus not someone who connects with sports anime very easily, really enjoyed it to give you a, a, a guideline of, you know, how good an anime is when a genre doesn't actually click with a particular person. So, um, so that's your first one. What, who do you, or I guess what, what do you have for your second one then, Isabel? Yeah, the second one I have is actually My Hero Academia. Okay. Um, and that, that didn't impact me as much as Run With The Wind, but I thought it was special to me because usually shonen anime don't affect me that much i'm just there for the action 
And but My Hero Academia felt different to me because just starting from the first few episodes, I was just touched by uh, Deku and All Might, kind of their interaction and how Deku, you know, really wanted to just have a quirk. And All Might, even though, you know, he's like this, you know, figure that Deku has looked up to for all this time, just kind of puts out his hand and says, yes, you can do it too. And you can become a hero like that. uh, That also just made me start crying. And I was like, and I thought about it thinking, when has a shonen anime made me cry outside of like someone dying or something or a really sad scene where sad music is playing? But in that scene, I feel like more hopeful music was playing and just hopeful for the future of Deku's future. And that was definitely one of the scenes because when I started My Hero Academia, I... Uh, I I thought the art looked a little uh, cartoonish or at least suited for a younger age group. Okay. And I was just going to check it out just to see what it was like. But after I saw that scene, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> going to continue this for a long time. And here I am, like season five. So <laughs> yes, it definitely worked out. And there are other scenes as well. Another scene that really touched me in, in My Hero was where uh, Deku is fighting Muscle Man and that scene it was also just a fight scene and i was surprised by how that touched me as well and i just thought it was like deku's hard work being put into it and not only that he's trying to save someone at the same time against um a guy who's obviously really 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 strong mm-hmm. and i just i just like my hero academia for that just making me feel emotional for deku and kind of the enemies that he's, he has to go with or the enemies that he has to go against or possibly just kind of pushing himself beyond uh, what he can do uh, it kind of touches me in a way and I don't know what other scenes they have in store for you know this season or next season but I'm pretty sure they'll definitely be more based on the cast and how far it might go it sounds like with My Hero Academia, the emotional parts that really gets you are like sort of the more hopeful parts. Is that correct? Definitely. I feel that. Especially with the fight with Muscleman, he it, he was just based like fighting on like pure hope or pure will willpower in a sense. Yeah. So because I, I was thinking like I, I've watched other shonen anime and they definitely made me cry but i never thought about it until you pointed out that you know other with uh with other shonen anime it's because someone had died and it was really emotional and you can tell from the music and stuff like that and i was like huh like yeah actually you know if i think back to uh, if we go back to one of the first shonen that i've ever watched which is naruto i'm like the parts that i did cry with naruto was very much like it was meant to be sad the music was very sad and it was um and maybe like maybe a character hasn't died per se but it was a very like downtrodden sort of moment and so um, so I think it's really interesting how uh, you pointed out with My Hero Academia, it's different because it's actually the more hopeful parts, the parts that are really uplifting. So basically, like, you cry out of just feeling emotions rather than feeling sad, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's like a different way. It's, it's like anime can touch you when, you know, the scene is supposed to be sad or something, but it can also touch you when it's being hopeful. And I never, uh, I believe, 
I never really cried for that type of situation. So I found that to be really special. And that's the reason why I became a big fan of the show as well. So out of curiosity, do you like that kind of cry more? Like where you're you're so emotional from feeling hopeful that you cry versus feeling sad that you cry? <laughs> I am not too sure. Personally, I don't like crying too much when I don't have to. Because, what a mood. Yeah, exactly, right? You're just in a mood at that time. And sometimes I don't want to be in that mood. Um, you know, some days I will be like, okay, let, let's see what drama I can find or something or dramatic scene that I can find so I can just release all the emotions that I have pent up yeah. during that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I think I would probably be crying for more hopeful because I feel like most of the days we cry because we're sad about things or things that don't go too well. So it's rare that you cry because you're so happy about something, right? So I think I would prefer that, definitely. I don't know. What do you guys think? I uh, I I don't really know because I am that type of person who can like I mean okay I am very emotional and I can make myself cry very easily I don't have to watch anime to make me cry I can literally lie in bed and think of a sad situation and immediately start crying <laughs> like tears streaming down my eyes sort of thing wow. so I'm I I'm not sure if I'm allowed to answer that question because I like basically cry once a week and it's almost like sort of a thing where it's like you know what I'm in the mood to like wreck myself emotionally and like look up you YouTube <laughs> videos for that and so um so I don't think there really is a preference per se yeah I don't know I I you know that um that moment from Mean Girls where um where they were doing their confessionals and that one lady was just like um where they're like do you even go to the school and she's like no I just have a lot of feelings and I'm like if that isn't me in a nutshell oh whenever I do anything <laughs> and so um, so yeah, so that's my answer, Agnes. <laughs> For me, I think I cry more relating to family issues over anything else. Uh, mainly because I've seen a lot of stuff happen to certain families and also to my own too. So it hits a lot harder to home rather than the, the more hopeful scenes or think scenes that are just sad in general. <laughs> that makes sense. Which, you know, perfect segue, actually. Um, Agnes, what anime do you have that have made you cry? Because um, I, I feel like, and Isabel, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like you're probably the least emotional out of the three of us. And so... Not, <laughs> I feel that way, too. The most apathetic, oh, my gosh. Not, I knew you were going <laughs> to... I knew you were going to take it that way. I was, I was going to add on with the fact that not that it's bad if you're more logical than emotional. No, no, no you're good, you're so, good. I just laugh at it all the time, usually, so it's not a problem. Okay, so basically, like, I feel like that's the vibe it is here, and so I am really curious on, like, you know, which two anime you picked that has made you essentially, like, uh, cry buckets. <laughs> so, for context, I don't watch emotional anime as much because I know I'll cry, so I always avoid it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, so unlike so, like, I've never... Who- purposefully so I've never up. watched things like Clan Ed. I okay. know what happens at the end of Clan Ed. I've seen the YouTube clips, but I never actually watched the series to the build up because I'm just like, ah, it's just going it's going to trigger tears inside of me, make me feel emotional, right? So I feel that it's not warranted. It's not genuine and I don't feel any inclination to watch it. Also because I don't like to cry either way. Okay, see, so Isabel's in the middle again and I'm on one side purposefully making myself cry and then Agnes <laughs> on the other side. Of course, of course, right, right. 
Um, in that regard, I would say that the two... Sh- Actually, I do have three shows, although one of them is more muted because it was something that I watched when I was much younger. And I cried a lot more then than I do now. The first one would be One Piece, actually. Oh, okay. I, during my teenage and... Uh, my teenager years, I was watching a lot of One Piece. I was actually binge watching it for a good amount of time. And it was something that I really clicked with. It was something that was so emotional because there's so many high moments and low moments as well. And you can't help but sympathize for a lot of the characters in that series. I guess, like, do you have one particular scene that you remember very well that, like, was the trigger point for you? Because I, um, you know, and I have I have a friend at work who always gets at me for this, but I have never touched One Piece, so. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay. I mean, One Piece is interesting because it's one of those shows where you kind of have to like the comedy. If you don't like the comedy or the action and you're not a fan of shonen, then I totally understand you wouldn't get into it. Um, but I think One Piece, what it does well in that terms of like sadness is that everybody, even like the villains, are affected by the system, which is why everyone has like a really sad backstory, and which is why like it's really easy to cry in One Piece uh, in retrospect compared to like other animes, for instance. Yeah, I think my most not- my fa- most notable scene in uh, One Piece was the leaving of the Go Mary. I'll-, I'll leave it at that because that also contains some spoilers in the in the the scene itself. But essentially, the Go Mary is their ship, mm-hmm. and it's a ship that has served them for many many seasons at this point. But the Go Mary has sustained a lot of damage throughout the years. And at one point, they realized that they needed to retire the Mary. And the Mary, the oh. gold Mary, would end up having to be burned. So they mm. built kind of like a pyre for mm. it, almost out in sea where they burned the Go Mary. And they had to go on a quest to find a new ship that would be their new home. I think that, I mean, just hearing about it, I could already tell that I would have cried. I think, you know, because... Especially ships and captains. It's funny because just the other day I was thinking about something I had researched, which is um, the a captain who uh, who was in charge of the Carpathia that ended up, you know, rescuing the Titanic survivors. He uh, he was particularly attached to one of the ships. I think he was captain of that ship for maybe twenty years or so, and so. And so it, he, it was like the ship to him wasn't just a ship anymore. It was very much a living, breathing thing that he knew every inch of, that he, like, he knew how it worked and he knew its quirks and he knew its, like, you know, qualities and stuff. And so I, I remember distinctly uh, reading when I was researching him how when the ship was essentially retired, like, it just, it can't work anymore. It just, it won't work. And they had to take it to the ship graveyard, which is basically they tear it apart and, um, you know, sell off the lumber that they can salvage from the ship. They asked him if he wanted to, um, if he wanted to, you know, captain or drive, steer that ship to its last destination. And he said no, because he couldn't bear the idea of bringing it to its death, essentially. And so he watched the ship on the docks disappear and just, broke down into tears when the ship like disappeared over the horizon because he was like that ship was not just a ship anymore that like that ship was my friend I knew everything about it and so I think like 
I think people often um, underestimate just how much a thing can actually mean to you more than just like, because we always think about pets, you know, and we know that pets mean a lot to us, but pets are living and breathing. And we don't think so much about stuff like maybe stuffed animals or, you know, something like a ship, which very much isn't living or breathing. But to people who have bonded with it and have had a lot of like experience and memories with it, it is much more than just a vessel that could take you across the sea. So I could definitely see how like that isn't a very, that is a very effective scene. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to say the least, it wrecked me for a good portion of that. And there are many, many other uh, noteworthy scenes within One Piece that made me cry a lot. But in terms of more recent anime that I needed to watch and cried over, there's very few with the exception of these two. The first one would be the, the movie Makuya. Uh, when the promised flower blooms. <laughs> um, I've reedited this uh, to a lot of people when I try to recommend them to watch Makuya. And the first thing I would say is I went to go see it in theaters with friends because I had heard from you and other people who had seen it at Anime Expo that it was really good. So when it came out in actual theaters the following months after, I told myself, okay, I'm going to go in there, but I heard it's really sad. So I brought a pack of tissues with me. There's a one credit ending scene, uh, not credit scene. Actually, both of those scenes are pretty good. The first scene is when Makuya reunites with Ariel. Oh. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, that scene. (laughs) Um, Isabel, do you happen to know that scene? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, definitely. I think that that would be the scene for me too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was very raw. I think when I was watching it, I didn't expect how powerful it was going to be because it was the first time Ariel was calling Makuya as his mother. And so the moment he finally said her name, everybody, I think like there was like, it felt like in the theater, there was an audible click of like the water dam is about to fall out <laughs> in the theaters with like every single person there. It was like that moment, like everyone was holding their breath. And... By the end of the movie, when the credits roll for that final scene where she sees Ariel grow up as an old man and pass away, and she starts crying, everybody in the theater let up a collective shudder of like, <sighs> of like having to suppress their tears for so long throughout the movie. And it got to the point where the guy next to me was crying so hard that I offered him my tissues Aww, too. Oh, that was so Aww. sweet of you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, I felt bad because I'm just like, it's okay, dude. We're all in solidarity here. It's you don't have to hide your tears. And I think everybody coming out of that that movie was pretty much wrecked. Everybody coming out were like blotting their eyes. They were like kind of heaving. They were not daijovu in the least <laughs> sense. Yeah, Makia is like Makia is one of those films that for some reason it gets more emotional when you rewatch it because. Uh, it's because I watched it twice and the first time I definitely cried, but the second time absolutely wrecked me. And it was, it was a very interesting experience because usually when you've seen something already, the emotional effects kind of lessen, you know, because you, you know, what's coming and you know, what's going to happen and stuff. But for some reason, the second time only felt more powerful than it did the first time. And so I was like, it's just such a fascinating work you know to have that sort of effect to not lessen its intensity by like rewatches but actually increase it so yeah uh makia is really good (laughs) and i think you make a pretty good point that it gets worse (laughs) the crying gets worse as you 
get older but i think it's also because you take into account of the rite of passage as you grow Mm. older and you start to see more and more people either like pass away or succumb to certain diseases and things like that and you really think about the mortality of your life i mean the original director for the director for Maquia said that the reason why she created this movie was based off of the mortality of yep, her cat. Yep. I, I, oh. I was at the panel and she talked about that was where she got her inspiration from because, um, you know, she loves her cat and she realizes that, you know, she and her cat ages at different timelines. So it's like 10 years ago, you know, 20 versus 30 doesn't seem that big of a deal for a human, but it certainly is quite a big deal for a cat. And so... Um, and so she talked about that. The panel actually wrecked me after the movie because there was a guy there who um, he he was disabled and he uh, so he got picked to like, you know, say something to her. And he shared his story about like how the movie reminded him of his like service dog who died. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was like, oh, I God. feel like they just hit Gracie in like two very different places. Yeah, no, it was so bad because he was like, it just reminded because Ariel or like seeing how his service dog slowly like age and then he's not really aging at the same timeline was like really hurtful for him and I was just like please just stop <laughs> for my sake just stop I can't take this oh <laughs> uh, yeah but Makia Makia is really powerful I think Isabel like when you watched it like you know how many times did you cry I guess <laughs> I think I really only cried probably that that reunion part and mm-hmm. I guess I teared up in some other parts but when what really got me was definitely that reunion because yeah, just having that at the back of my head and then how family focused it is. Um, I really didn't expect it to hit that way. So I think that was uh, pretty much it. I haven't seen it a second time. I may, maybe it will hit me a different way because once I process that information or maybe since it's been a while, it might hit me different. But for me, that was the only scene. I actually went into it thinking I would need tissues too. Um, but my sleeves were enough, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess Agnes, uh, with Makia being such a big hit, what's your second one in modern anime that has gotten you to tears? Oh, it was the Fruits Basket reboot. Oh, oh. that actually wrecked me pretty badly. Um, I knew what we uh, what was coming based on conversations that we've had and things that I've read online. Uh, but at the time, I was watching it with my cousin. We were trying to do like a simulcast where we watch it together at the same time. Right. And it, it's pretty jarring to watch it with somebody who's also crying it with you. Oh, like you kind of feed off of each other's emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a synergy moment, really. Of, you know, you, it's very much of that meme where it's like, I'm not crying. You're not crying. <laughs> and so uh, we just sat there sobbing away. I don't remember what exactly which scene it was. I think it was more towards the end of the second okay. season i was gonna ask are you it's three seasons yeah now, i was right? gonna ask are, are you caught up with it because the third season the final season is... no i'm not okay. i have not touched it okay yet. <laughs> um but it was definitely very cathartic in the second season especially i think the part where it talks about toru and her her dream of pursuing higher education but also wanting to help out the somas and sacrificing a lot of herself so my cousin started crying with that i started crying with that and yeah, a lot of other scenes too, cropping up to that. So it was, um, 
it was a very interesting moment. What was it about that scene that made it so emotional to you? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's just because there's so much of a weight on Toru's shoulders when she comes into the series. She carries a lot of expectations from her father's side of the family, and she carries a lot of burdens for living out by herself and being an only uh, an orphan child, essentially, and having to rebuild herself up, but also embracing a lot of the other problems that people have is kind of like their personal therapist. And so it makes it equally sad that for her, at the start of the series, there's almost no outlet for her. The Somas are lucky because they do have an outlet, but she herself does not. And she can't visibly express this with a lot of people, even to her closest friends who are more in tune to how she feels. I see. Okay. So I guess, um, I so what's funny is I remember you telling me you cried with the Fruits Basket scene, but that wasn't actually the scene that you told me about when we were DMing each other. Oh, so I lied. Well, <laughs> well, I, I find it interesting I because um, I, cause that one I didn't cry, but I didn't, um, but I was, ex- uh, I, I didn't expect you to feel emotional from that one at all. But the one that you told me about was when she saw her grandfather because her grandfather had hurt his back. And he had started talking about how he misses his son and his uh, daughter-in-law. And she got really, really scared because he's the only living family member left. And it sounds like he wants to leave her to go to these two other people who are very much dead and not coming back. And so I I remembered you specifically saying, like, that one got you a lot. (laughs) Oh, I'm actually tearing up as we speak. Oh, I'm I'm like... I'm like, oh, that, that scene also hit a little bit too hard to home. Uh, for context, my father had passed away when I was in high school. So a lot of that talk of like, oh, I want to go join them is very like prevalent. Mm. And it's like, it's pretty scary, actually, because it hits you a lot harder than you would think, even though like you still have like, what, 40, 50 more years to go. You know, you have a long life ahead. But yeah, that that was that made me tear up. <laughs> Did you say that that <laughs> like Fruits Basket did a very realistic depiction of that fear in that case? I think so. I definitely agree that they really amped it up. But it's a very realistic to the point. Like it doesn't feel like an over dramatized thing that you would see in typical animes of like, oh my father passed away. Oh my god, you know, kind of thing. It's not sensationalized. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think they did it better in the remake, too, because I think that scene was also in the older Fruits Basket version. And I don't know, maybe because I was younger, too, I was just kind of I just kind of brushed off like, oh, okay, And maybe because I've grown older since that, um, it might be a little different. Yeah, that was my that was my second question, because uh, I didn't cry in the old version. Obviously, the old version does not (laughs) compare with the new version, but there are still some things in there that are very, very like the same you know for example momiji's episode with his mom and how his mom essentially developed into a severe postpartum depression and was rejecting him and stuff and so like that was the same between the 2003 version and the new version but i didn't cry back when i watched it first but i cried when i watched the remake and so i was about to say like do you think maybe fruits basket is just more impactful now emotionally because we've gotten older and we know more and we've seen experienced and you know we've seen grief we've experienced grief we've seen people struggle with mental health issues or you know abusive families and stuff like that yeah I definitely think so I think it it comes with experience because these are definitely life experiences even though it's a little different in the anime compared to real life but once you draw those experiences and um 
you're able to relate to it much more or you see that uh i think one of the scenes i remember too building off of how you know Tor always cares for others and things like that is when he when she reaches out to kyo and kyo's um i think at that point he had um taken off his bracelet so he looks like uh the monster that he is that yes. but Toru just embraces him that 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 part took like took a toll on me personally i i was amazed by that scene actually um and i th- i feel like it was di- uh like differently animated in the in the 2003 version um so i i was amazed at that scene i after that scene i just messaged my sister like this is it you need to go see fruits basket now it's so much better and it'll definitely emotionally affect you so uh yeah it's just so weird that the scenes can definitely hit different i want to say maybe it's the vision of the director as well and how they want to portray the series because it feels like the older version of fruits basket was just there to create an anime adaptation out of fruits basket but over the years like we've become the internet at least or a lot of people regardless of how old you are have become more and more aware of these type of situations a lot of abusive family households and a lot of the emotions and baggage that comes with it and that no side is um exempt from it and as a result i feel like with the times changing or people become more and more aware of it the directors are able to use a lot of that awareness and actually write a much more compelling piece based off of the original the original already being very compelling but not as widespread and more accessible to an audience i was going to say like i i feel like if uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the two directors had a different view of the original source material like i almost felt like the original one they saw it as a romantic drama dramedy and so they focused yeah. more yeah. on the love triangle, the, you know, like, who is she going to end up with and stuff like that. And it really amped up the drama in regards to those moments. But in the remake, it's like their focus is not so much on the romantic dramedy side at all, but more like the, but more about like the theme of healing, about toxic relationships, the more like, you know, the, the heavier topics that Fruits Basket introduces, I think, is what this new director sees this story as about, which is insane because, you know, it is very much the same source material, but depending on how you view the original source material could completely change on how you end up adapting it to an anime. So, yeah. Uh, well, I guess it is my turn now. <laughs> so, um, I had a feeling that you were going to mention Fruits Basket or one of you two were, so that's why I <laughs> included it off my list. Um, but for me personally, I my first pick is uh, Natsume's Book of Friends, which is a much older anime. Um, it's This is kind of a timeless anime for me and the fact that no matter what, when I revisit certain chapters or I revisit certain episodes and stories, it still makes me cry without... Um, without hesitation and I think it's just I think it's the powerful way it's written and the fact that they use spirits to explore some underlying human emotions that people feel and so um have any of you two watched Natsume's Book of Friends it's it's quite old and there's like six seasons so (laughs) Uh, it's definitely on my watch list but I I have not started that unfortunately Mm mm-hmm 
I only started the first couple episodes of season one, but I never picked it up again. Yeah, it's quite long if you do want to watch it. Like, I don't blame you if you guys don't end up picking up on it. But it's like the episodic the episodic way of it going about exploring very human themes through the spirits just gets me every time. And it's like it's just there's certain episodes that are just so incredibly powerful that it kicks me in the gut. For example, um, one of the most recent ones, and like I tear up every time I tell this story, so I might do it again in this case, um, is um, and one of this, there was like a spirit that has come to town called a stone washer. and, um, And what they do is they purify stones by drawing flowers on the stones and um and apparently like when the stones are purified they can be used for like making sake or something like that to like you know to make better quality things and so stone washers are very well beloved and they're very welcomed by the spirit world and um and the reason why this old stone washer was in town is because he um a long time ago after he had finished his quota because to uh, successfully become a stone washer you have to like wash a certain amount of stones and then you get to essentially live in paradise this nice little spirit village that's perfect in every single shape or shape and form and you live the rest of your life in peace and so he had picked up a really injured weak uh spirit and the um and ended up taking that spirit as his apprentice and his apprentice was like you know teach me how to be a stone washer because i i want to follow in your footsteps i want to make you proud and stuff like that and so um and up until that point he had been getting letters from his apprentice being like you know i'm here and i'm washing stones and i'm here i'm washing stones and then suddenly the letters just stopped and so he ended up looking um he came here because this was where the last letter was marked and he has come here to look for his apprentice because he's like, I wonder if something happened. I don't know, like, how he is, but I really miss him and I want him back, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, the village I'm at, like, it's peaceful, it's perfect, it's paradise, but, you know, I want him with me. And Natsume was helping him, um, Natsume was helping him find the, the apprentice stone washer. And they discovered that at one point in time, the apprentice got um, sealed by an exorcist. It was probably, he was probably mistaken to be an evil spirit when he was not. And so, um, so when they undid the seal, they realized that the apprentice had actually escaped on his own. And so they're like, then why didn't he come back? And the, the old stone washer immediately knew because apparently to like stone wash, you have to be like a really pure spirit, like with no negative thoughts whatsoever. And so, um, it should come as no surprise that when he was sealed, he probably got like corrupted a bit even if he's not corrupted anymore it doesn't matter he's lost his ability to stonewash and if you lose your ability to stonewash you don't finish your quota and you basically can never go home to your village and so at first the old stonewasher was like maybe he you know he's moved on and I'll just keep looking for him and you know painting stones wherever I see them hoping maybe he'll see it and come out one day but then Um, Natsume was like, by the way, you know, I really appreciate you coming here. I think, you know, I think your art is so gorgeous. My favorite one is by the river. And so, and the old stone washer was like, oh, like I actually didn't paint any of the stones by the river. And so they quickly realized like that was where the apprentice was. And they like go down there and they like ask him, they're like calling for him to come out and stuff. And he finally does. And he just breaks down because he's just so ashamed to go home because he was like I've lost my ability and I failed you as an apprentice 
and um oh gosh see I, I told you I cannot say this without crying but I think it's just a huge reminder of a lot of times kids feeling really pressured to uh, live up to what their parents want of them and um basically feeling really terrified when they don't reach that um when they don't reach that goal even though like their parents very much still loves them and actually wants them here more than anything else in the world and I think it's just so human to explore that via like spirits and like having that with like an old stone washer who essentially adopted a kid who was a kid spirit who was orphaned and basically didn't have anywhere to go and so it's just like these little stories within the series itself like every single season just kills me (laughs) every single time and it's like I can't even talk about them without crying about it because I think it's so real and raw so yeah that's my first one (laughs) yeah Gracie you told that story so well like even though I haven't seen Natsume but like every second of what you just said there I could picture every single part of it I feel like and I feel that it yeah it sounds very very touching and I can't imagine what other you know, um, encounters that Natsume has or stories uh, that are spiritual but also meaningful in a sense. Um, I can see how that that could definitely. I I feel like I would probably break down too if I saw one of those short stories. It's really those smaller stories that hit you sometimes too. Yeah, it really is, and it's like I think what I appreciate with Natsume because you know you were talking about Isabel how there's a difference between sad crying and hopeful crying. I think Natsume's is more leaning towards like. I wouldn't even say hopeful crying, but it's just so real. Like, I I don't, like, I don't know if I even make sense when I say this, but sometimes when a scene just feels so real and raw, like, you can't help but, like, feel things in regards to it. Like, is that something that you guys experience at all? (laughs) I'm trying to get my real, like, putting yourself in the scene or just, um feeling the emotions in the scene is that what you mean yeah like you just feel it like even though and you can't even say if it's because you're sad or if because you're hopeful or anything you just feel stuff because of what's happening <laughs> I think I can probably feel things I'm not sure if I would be affected the same way or maybe if I had more examples or maybe I do experience that but I'm yeah I'm not too sure what about you Agnes uh, I'm in the same boat I don't, I, uh, if you, trying to contextualize feelings, I guess, into words and, like, articulating them is already very difficult, and I don't know if I can actually do that in, like, while watching a series and, like, categorize it as, um, as, like, something that I just genuinely feel. I mean, this probably goes back to the (laughs) person, our various little personalities, right? Um, for me, I don't, feel I feel sympathy and I feel pity but I don't feel as strongly related if it's something that is not in relation to me if it's something that I have not personally experienced before uh which shows like there are different types of people who can exhibit uh, a higher degree of compassion is that what the answer is looking for is that your answer <laughs> I mean you're right in that we all have varying degrees of it I am I have always been very empathetic I um I used to like burst into tears when my friends are crying <laughs> because I just could not handle seeing them in pain and crying themselves. And so it's just, um, it, it's, and it's like, it's part of me. There was a part of me when I was a kid that like would feel very embarrassed about that fact because I know I technically like quote unquote didn't have a right to cry because of the fact that 
you know, it's not me who's in pain personally. It's someone else who's in pain and I'm not physically or emotionally involved with it at all. But just seeing that person in pain emotionally, physically like causes me pain. And so, so yeah, so there's like a part of me that didn't like it as a kid. But I think like as I've grown up, I've sort of like embraced that side of myself more because I'm like, it allows me to like help people more if they're struggling with something like their mental health or, um, you know, or like a tragedy in their family and stuff like that. And so, and it, it also just makes me feel like I like, I know now it's one of my strengths, but it's also, it also makes me a bundle of emotions that unravels and like at a snap judgment sort of situation. <laughs> so I think it's great that you're okay with that too. I feel like I would get frustrated if I were, like super compassionate or super empathetic towards others feeling what they're feeling on the same level I would I would start to kind of break down myself or get frustrated at the fact that I'm feeling this way as well <laughs> but yeah so, <laughs> so that's my first one and yes I I'm I'm an emotional mess I will cry because of what my friends are going through and I will do whatever it takes to help them and I cannot rest if I cannot help them sort of situation but that's actually a perfect lead into my second one, which I know for a fact I am going to cry when I'm going to talk about it. Um, but it's my second anime is Orange. So, um, Isabel, I know you've seen it. Agnes, have you seen Orange? No, I have not. Um, so basically, a synopsis of Orange is that there is these group of high school friends who um, who all grew up, but they sort of came back together for a reunion and they realized one of their other high school friends within their group who had died from an accident actually died from suicide. And so they are given a chance to write letters to themselves in the past to try to fix it and hopefully find a way, to, like in an alternate universe, try to find a way to like save, um, to try to save his life. And so I like for that one, it was, um, there is several things happening with that one because the first thing is um, around that time one of my closest friends was going through suicidal thoughts and so it was really important for me to like watch it and like watch it with her because I was like I feel like if this can because I knew it was a happy ending so you know a uh, spoiler alert but they do end up you know saving him in the alternate universe where he doesn't end up committing suicide but I feel like if it could end on a hopeful note, it could help my friend who was very much struggling with her own um, mental health and having very much severe depression. And at one point, like, had snipped off all her hair in an attempt to, like, not hurt herself. And that was, like, the only way that she could have, like, kept herself from getting hurt. And so I watched that anime with her. And so it was like, so it was like you said, Isabel, when you and your cousin were bouncing off emotions during Fruits Basket, it was the same thing with me. I was bouncing off emotions from her when we were watching Orange. But I think the second thing is about this anime that was like so, that was such a big deal is that it is normal for my roommates to hear me cry. Like, I know that sounds bad, but it's the truth. It's very, um, I watch anime and I tend to cry a lot and it is very normal for them to hear me cry from an anime. But this anime made me absolutely break down into like sobs, like straight up sobs that one of my roommates ran into my room to make sure that I was okay because she thought that something had actually happened. Even though um, when usually when I cry, she doesn't check at all because she has a feeling or she basically knows I'm crying because of an anime episode. This was the first time that it actually made her think something terrible has genuinely happened. 
in that particular episode, what killed me was it showed the original timeline through Kakeru, uh, uh, who is the uh, who's the character that ended uh, that commits suicide in like the original timeline. It showed the uh, it showed the original timeline through his eyes on what led up to his suicide. And so that episode just absolutely wrecked me because to see exactly how he got to a point where he no longer thought tomorrow was worth it anymore was like something that I don't think can be stressed enough on like how insanely like powerful depression can be on people because like humans will go through crazy things to survive. They will like, you know, we've heard stories of people lost at sea who has even resorted to cannibalism and and oftentimes even cannibalizing their own friends who have died um, in order to make it out alive and survive. So to see like someone reach that point where they just did not care anymore and they just, they thought like just waking up and breathing was so hard it was just incredibly insane, but also incredibly real. And it also was like a huge like eye opener for me because it made me very scared on my friends who are suffering from mental health issues or who are suffering from depression. I was just like, I got to like make sure like whatever I do that they do feel like tomorrow is sort of worth it per se. And so um, which is ultimately what worked for Kakeru when he when he had made the original choice to die. He said that, you know, suddenly it seems like tomorrow didn't matter anymore. But then when he, in the new timeline, when he chose not to, and he, the, the thing that triggered him to commit suicide still happened, and he still considered it, but ultimately, like, changed his mind. And the quote that he had was, he thought about tomorrow, and he thought about what they would do without him, and what they would do, uh, and how much fun it would be, and suddenly tomorrow mattered a little more. And so, um. And I think the anime just did such a good job of exploring, like, what, like, what a heavy sort of intense thing this mental health can be and how even the smallest thing you could do for your friend can make the world's difference. And, yeah, that's, like, that anime just absolutely <laughs> wrecked me and I can't talk about it without ever, like, breaking down to tears. But I think I will, like, so I'll quote someone else, which is, um, someone wrote a review for Orange because... Orange is not a perfect anime. Um, There are definitely, like, animation issues. I don't think, like, um, sometimes it can be a little slow and sometimes things can happen too quickly. But someone's review of the anime basically summed it up as in, this won't be the best anime you'll ever see, but it might just be the most important. And that's how, like, I view that anime and why it's, like, made me, reduced me into a bundle of tears no matter where I went. So... That's my spiel. <laughs> Isabel, did you ever cry when watching Orange? I think I definitely did. Um, but probably not not excessively, I want to say. Um, probably about the same as Makia, probably for me. Um, but not just one scene, but multiple scenes. Because Kakeru as a character um, was very saddening to me. I felt sad for him because... Ultimately, you know, the trigger is that uh, one of the well, one of the triggers is that his mother commits suicide, and so that kind of propelled him in that direction, right? So that does happen to people as well if their friend commits suicide or something. Uh, it kind of gets into their thoughts as well, and they may end up doing that too. So, uh, but yeah, definitely one of the things I like about Orange is that while it's mostly a very uh, dramatic 
melodramatic anime, it still focuses on the fact that friends can definitely be there to help you if your family's not, or family can help you as well. And I feel like, yeah, in Orange, there's not like one or two scenes. It's really just kind of the experience and and just trying to understand that, understand what people might be going through, especially through depression or um, grief and regret in general. All these negative feelings that people can experience, it can really um, change things. So, but as long as you're, as long as someone's trying to pay attention and trying to help in that moment, it's actually, it definitely helped them a lot. And I think that's what Orange focuses on. It's, it's definitely a rare type of romance drama anime, I want to say. It's not even so much romance. The romance is kind of there to help out. I feel like it could have been done without the romance, but yeah, actually, uh, someone made a good point. Which so it's not my point, but I did read somewhere that what they liked about the romance is because they're like, you know, romance has a tendency to fix everything in anime. You know, so if someone's depressed, but then they get into a relationship and everything's fine and dandy. But it's like, mm-hmm. um, but in Orange, it's like. Yeah, they like each other and they end up dating, but guess what? He still has depression. He's still struggling with it. And so, and they're like, that was like that extra level of realism that they really appreciated from the anime itself. For an anime to really touch about the topic of suicide is very rare, actually. I've only read a handful of even mangas that talk about suicide and the aftermath of suicide and how people try to cope with it while realizing that there there's a way that they can make they could have helped um but there's no there's no way to like go back in time and fix it you know so that becomes even more disheartening that life continues on but the memories that you can't help that person just stays there it's like stuck in time it doesn't you can't do anything about it and it makes you feel even more hopeless at the end of I the think day what, so like this anime does do play around with the fact that there's alternate universes so it's like the one where he survives is an alternate universe and the one where he dies unfortunately is like the one that still remains like that he dies but i do think what this what the author was trying very hard to do is show like there sometimes like the smallest things does really make a difference in someone's life because I love Sua. So Sua is sort of there's a sort of love triangle, but not really in there. And um, and Sua is the other guy who was in the love triangle, but he was instrumental in helping Kakeru in like the new timeline. And he he did something super simple, which is basically because Kakeru blames himself for his mom's death. And so um, and Sua did the simple thing of being like, you know, it's like, you know, it's not your fault, dude. It's, you know, we all get mad at our moms and we're allowed to get mad at our moms because we're teenagers and teenagers fight with their moms like you, you shouldn't. Like, your mom had mental health issues, but that shouldn't prevent you from being allowed to have, like, the most normal of things teenagers have to go through. And so, and it sounds so, and it's like, it's it even, it almost sounds obvious to be like, it's not your fault. But sometimes people just really need to hear it out loud for it to really register in their brain that it actually isn't their fault. So, yeah, that's like, so that, so, so Orange is just, it has a special place in my heart. And once again, there are th- issues with the anime itself. Uh, whether it's animation or soundtrack or anything like that but I just I do think the story is really important and to this day like to this day I know for a fact that my friend and I the one that I watched it with 
is like it's a more personal thing for us because she was at her lowest point when she watched it and she did tell me later that it actually helped her a lot to watch that with me so that makes me happy to hear about that as well (laughs) but yeah so that's basically the animes that have made us cry and feel emotional are we all okay mainly i i i I did most of the crying today but are we all okay (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll be okay. I'm about to go watch Castlevania season four, so I think I'm, I should be okay <laughs> in about maybe half an hour. I'm watching it with some friends, so I think I will be a little bit more settled and a little bit more like rejuvenated by them. But it was it's good to talk about this. It's good to talk about these types of series that made us genuinely cry, and not for reasons where it's like over dramatic anime that we've seen over the years, but things that really hit home hard and bring a sense of humanity. Yeah. Definitely. So I hope everyone, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed listening to us or me cry, I guess, but listening to us discuss the anime that has made us really emotional and hope that you guys would be okay with checking out any of those. But yes, uh, I we will bid you adieu in this case, and I hope we will see you guys all here next week. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.